regardless of where you stand on the matter of data science sexiness, it's simply impossible to ignore the continuing importance of data as well as our ability to analyze, organize, and contextualize them. Data are changing how our businesses and societies function. They are being used to solve a ton of interesting problems and shaping the questions we can ask of the world around us. Hi, I'm James Lee, and this is Datacast. Join me for raw conversations with practitioners from the worlds of AI, machine learning, statistics, and data science. Welcome to the second episode of Datacast. Today I am on the live with uh, Deep Naren Singh. He's a data scientist and deep learning engineer at NVIDIA. He also uh, got his master's degree in data science from Galvanize and he you know, has a lot of experience and interest in doing R&D products using machine learning and deep learning. Uh, he's also had a professional experience of more than 10 years in uh, application development and integration of distributed system for investment bank and e-commerce application. So uh, welcome to the show, Deep. Thank you so much for the introduction, James. It's a pleasure meeting you and talking to you. Awesome. So uh, for the audience out here, can you just give a quick two-minute introduction of who you are and how you get to where you are today? So at present, I'm working with NVIDIA in automotive system, and we are trying to build kind of intelligent cars and with the use of artificial intelligence deep learning and machine learning my background is like i have done civil engineering from an engineering institute in india it's called as nit jaipur and then like i joined a software company i was into application development i worked with like a couple of investment banks and e-commerce companies and mainly I was involved in like building distributed application system for them. Uh, like after a couple of years, like I was kind of, I got introduced to AI and machine learning. Like once I got introduced into it, I felt like this is the field wherein I want to get into. And so I thought like, let's do a specialization in this field and education system in India was not matured enough so I decided to pursue my master's from US and Galvanize gave me the best option. Like uh, it was not just a theoretical course, plus it was theoretical plus a lot of hands-on. I, I got to work with a couple of startups while I was doing MS. So it was a great course. It's like hectic, but it's really like taking that risk was worth it. And today I'm really enjoying my work. So uh, let's just go, go back to the beginning. You know, you said you uh, did your undergrad in India and studying civil engineering, right? And so um, for those who are not familiar with it, with this discipline, you know, what is civil engineering? So civil engineering is a branch of engineering wherein you are involved with the like design and constructions of the buildings. So basically they are different uh, like you design the beam and all like the strength the building can bear you study a lot of soil mechanics mm-hmm. and there are different things like in civil engineering mm-hmm. so basically it's more of related with the constructions and architecture so you get your degree then 
you uh, got a job as a programmer analyst uh, at a company called Cognizant in, in the Pune area in India. So um, can you tell me how, how was your experience at that first job? Yeah, so my first job was with Cognizant uh, and it was a software application develop, development role. And since I belong to civil engineering, I didn't have enough exposure to computer science. So basically like these companies, they give you like two, three months training and then you are put into a project. So basically my first project was, I think with JP Morgan Investment Banks. And there we were trying to like position risk and build risk and modeling system for JP Morgan. So basically in banks, like you have different upstream system and downstream systems. So we had to consume a lot of data from the up, different upstream sources which were there and like build a kind of risk and reporting system analyzing the data like which was coming from the upstream and once you generate those reports then you need to send out those reports to the different downstream system and like this instance was for across the globe so all the city group cons customers were using this application so this was of a great importance like for the company and for the users. So if there is any downtime on that application, then it was like a huge loss for the business because in a second, there are so many transactions happening, like so many trades are happening. And if your system is down, then those transactions can't happen. So basically it was a huge loss for the company. So this system was like really very critical for the business part and like there were a lot of challenges scaling your architecture designing a distributed scalable architecture your latency should be low throughput should be high so it was kind of a tough job wherein you had to develop design and also like uh, mentor the team members right and i'm sure like you have a lot of like gain a lot of meaningful experience because you know the system are complex and obviously you get uh, that kind of leadership roles like yeah. man manage manager role in which you can move yes. in, become a tech lead um, yeah and we had to interact with like a lot of different clients across the globe like so in morning you are talking with uh, with the clients in like asia pacific region and in afternoon you are talking with the uh, uh, london and europe region and in evening you are talking to the us people mm -hmm. So basically it was across the globe. So we, I got like a lot of chance to talk to different clients across the globe. And it was a very good exposure where I got like very good opportunity to learn like from different kind of people and across the globe. Uh, and so after Citigroup, you spent in a, another two years uh, at Bangalore, right? Working as a, a senior associate for a company called Sapien. So how was this experience different from Joe? Uh, previous jobs sapient was kind of different because when i joined sapient like they were like uh, more of e-commerce clients and e-commerce has a kind of different challenge like uh, in comparison to investment banks so basically like in e-commerce like when you have the ui you have to take care like the customer can browse the product really fast the time for loading the website is not latency is not too high and during like thanksgiving and all like your sale is like 
the number of transaction which is happening on the application it goes like drastically increase several times so you need to take care of those scenarios and build the architecture like which can support like when there is sudden increase of n number of transaction so it was kind of a different business but some problems were related to what was similar to the investment banking domain but few things were little different so it was kind of learning a new business new domain and some like new technical expertise and right so you, you after those two years as sapien you moved back to pune for another two years this time working as an analyst for Buxley Investment Bank. So can you discuss some of the projects that you work on while you at Barclays? So, yeah, so then after that, I joined Barclays Investment Bank. Again, it was like a kind of middleware application. Mm-hmm. And the project here was a bit different, wherein, like, you know, the 2008 crisis, like the recession which happened. So, and for different country, there are different rules. So basically you have to build a kind of system which supports like different kind of rules and regulations and all the trades which are happening, they follow, like they satisfy those rules. So this was the application and herein, like I learned a lot of like about big data, Hadoop and like uh, about uh, these database like SDFS, Kafka and all. So basically, this is the place wherein I got to play a lot of with like big data technology. You kind of like work in a variety of different cities in in India, right? Like from Pune to mm-hmm. Mumbai to Bangalore. So uh, I'm just kind of curious, like how um, are those cities kind of uh, different? You know, in the work environment, are they different? Yeah, basically, like. Uh, in India is quite diverse and basically every city or every place is kind of different. And like I started my career from a city called as Pune, which like at the time when I joined, like the weather there was really good, like summers were really not that hot and the climate was very pleasant over there. And food, like food, people, they were really nice at that place. So it was kind of a good experience. And then I moved to Mumbai and Mumbai was kind of different because like it's very fast paced and there are so like, and it's very crowded. So life was really tough over there because you have to spend like three hours in a day for commute and you end up working like nine or 10 hours. So your 13, 14 hours are just gone in the office and so basically life was a little bit tough in Mumbai, but it's really very fast paced and people there are really very highly ambitious. Then I was there in Bangalore. Bangalore is kind of like it belongs to southern part of India and Bangalore is like the Silicon Valley of India. So you will see a lot of IT companies, a lot of IT people and Weather also is there is also very pleasant. Plus, people are good. Food is good. You get to eat like a lot of tryouts, like a lot of South Indian food and delicacies. So each city is kind of diverse and brings like a different kind of experience, and you learn a lot of from different kind of people. I personally have a lot of like Indian friends from from school, you know, and they like mm-hmm. from over 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 the different cities in India. So I'm you know very. Um, I guess like yeah. curious to learn about that. 
so after working for 10 years in, in India, you decided to go to the States for a master degree in data science. So, uh, I mean, you already mentioned this earlier at the beginning of our chat, but uh, what is like mm -hmm. the main motivation for this decision? So basically this started with a kind of story, like if I want to tell you. So I was working with Sapient with like one of these e-commerce companies known as Target. So basically they used to publish one uh, monthly or like quarterly magazine used to be there. And there was one story about uh, one of the store of the Target. Like uh, uh, there was one girl and like Target people, they started recommending her like the products, which was related to more of like when a woman is pregnant. So, and this girl was a teenager mm -hmm. and her father like suddenly he, he checked her emails and all and saw like Target is recommending all these products. So he got really angry and uh, he talked to the like Target store, like someone at Target store and told, why are you guys recommending these kind of products to my daughter? So the store manager told him like, uh, I'm not sure, but we will check and confirm. But after a couple of days, his father found out like his daughter is really pregnant. So he was really, it, it was kind of surprising for him. And then what happened is the father of the girl, like he went to the store manager and said, look, I'm really sorry. And whatever you guys were doing, I think that was right. And my daughter is really pregnant. So Target has this kind of prediction mechanism. Like when women is pregnant, they kind of prefer like different kind of products. So basically based on those products, like product choice, Target recommendation engine was able to predict like, okay, these are the products like uh, which we should recommend to the user. So in her case, like maybe Target recommendation or system was able to figure out like that this girl is pregnant and we should prefer such kind of products to her so this is what like really made me curious like if we can have such kind of prediction system then you know we can solve so many problems like there are so many natural calamities so many problems in the world and if we can build such kind of system then that would be really helpful for like everyone and then I started like exploring about this field. Then I came about machine learning and deep learning at that time was really coming up. Like I read more and more about these technologies and I, and I got really interested. And then I started exploring options like to do my specialization. And I found out this institute called as Galvanize. And it was a kind of different institute because uh, it supports like startup ecosystem there are a lot of ecosystem startup companies in the campus and along with the theory like you have a lot of hands-on you have to solve like a lot of business problem of these companies so i found really good because i was coming with a lot of experience and i didn't want it to go to a place like where it's all about theory and no practical application so that's why I, this was the thing which attracted me towards galvanize and I applied for it and hopefully everything went well and then I joined Galvanize. What is your advice for like, you know, this is more like a general kind of educational question, but what is your advice for 
uh, international student who want to pursue like a graduate graduate degree in the US, you know? Mm-hmm. I would say like first you have to find out like in which field you are interested and if once you come to that decision then you should go for it you should like explore like the best options which you have in us you should study like a lot about different colleges different institutes and what they have to offer like if there is a person who is coming with a lot of experience and he goes to a college where in there is just like theoretical exposure and no like practical use cases so he may get gold like in my case like it's my personal choice like i would have got gold like if there is just theoretical teaching and no like practical use so it depends from person to person what exactly he want but they should really check out different colleges what courses they are offering and how they are different like apart from other institution and once you have decided you should go for it you should not be scared about it um like but personally personally like it was a tough decision for me because i had a family like i had my wife and i had a small kid so i had to leave everyone in india and i came back came to us for study so personally it was like a tough decision for me but sometime you have to become tough in order to achieve something right or oh, that's certainly like a very brave decision you know i, I think yeah. So. yeah um so yeah, you mentioned that you uh, you to, you decided to go to Galvanize because you uh, want to focus more on sort of the practical apply aspect a bit. So what what were some of the best classes that you took while you were there? The best classes which I took was like I think uh, I was always interested in maths and this machine learning and deep learning involved like kind of lot of maths into it. So basically, like they were so. The class was structured like first we were taught the basics of of data science which involved like lot of maths and all so i really liked the maths class which you used to have and then the machine learning and the deep learning classes um, so for, first they tried to like build up the basics mm-hmm. for these courses the basics were like maths and statistics mm-hmm. because all these uh, algorithm and concepts are kind of derived like using the mathematical formulas or different concepts and plus there are concepts about statistics so basically one should know like uh, about both the subjects and then he should try to learn further about like different other things i see yeah you got to get the fundamentals right you know all the math yes. stuff right before you can actually implement them right yeah. and build yeah. the system as a graduate student, I, I saw that you quite actually have a lot of uh, industry experience. So I saw that you built an uh, image captioning system for an AI company called Foxtai, right? Uh, yes. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of, kind of curious, you know, can you go more into details about this kind of system? So basically, I was working as a research intern and this was a startup like which was in within the campus of Galvanize and they were trying to solve a really interesting problem like you know a lot of non-native English speakers who doesn't have like a very good English and when they try to write an email professionally like sometimes they, they take really a lot of time because they don't know like whether I have made the right selection of the words, my grammar is right 
my mail is like more professional or like this kind of generic so basically these guys were trying to build a kind of system wherein like using ai we can suggest like how to write a better and professional email which has a very polite tone and it is more professional so basically we tried to leverage a lot of machine learning natural language processing and deep learning in order to build like such kind of system and i also worked on site like on a research project wherein like you know about the image captioning system wherein like you provide a image to the system and it will be able to predict predict like what this image is all about mm -hmm. so i had applied like lot of deep learning into this and you provide an image and it will kind of provide a brief description about that image and there were a lot of challenges in building the system first thing is you have to collect lot of data and for you need to have a lot of good infrastructure about training all these neural networks you need lot of compute power and since it was a startup we didn't had like very enough resources so it used to take like lot of time when we used to train our model and then evaluate it how good or bad it is doing so basically like practically there were a lot of challenges in building this application so they had the access on like a gpu system or anything we had but you know like because startups comes up like with lot of financial constraint so not everyone in team can use like you know as much compute power you want uh, so basically like we had uh, instances on amazon aws like which were not really fast like like uh, nvidia gpus like titan x and all so we used to have a, like uh, instances where like compute power was like really not enough and it used to take like couple of days in order to train that system so this network architecture was built on kind of convolutional neural network and plus the recurrent neural network mm -hmm. and basically like you have to pass like along with the image you pass the like the embeddings like the paragraph which describes that image so basically like you create a embedding out of the out of the description which is provided and you create a cnn and you and you combine the features from both of the things and then you train the application and basically based on the output like as more and more data you provide the system is the neural network is able to learn like what is the right thing and slowly it is kind of it tries to improve its learning power and more and more you try to train with like good amount of different variation different examples your system tries to improve and tries to adjust mm -hmm. and how how was the final result did the company adopt like the system basically i would say like the results which i achieved at that time were not really great but it were in kind of range of like around 60 to 70% right accuracy because we didn't have like enough data it was kind of very small amount of data and uh, we had lot of constraints on the compute power sometimes like i used to train it on my laptop and yeah. 
used to take like two, three days <laughs> in the network. Yeah, so, that's... yeah, and so I, I would say like I was not very happy with the result at that time what I got. But it was a kind of like a very good learning experience for me as it was like my first practical, uh, like I was working with a company and trying to solve their problems. So mm -hmm. like it was kind of good experience. Yeah, definitely. It was a good learning experience. And on the result side, like I won't say it was like a very good application. as well. Yeah, I see. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, good, good for the learning experience. And so uh, later on, also during your master, you did another uh, deep learning internship this time with a company called Message.ai, right? And so yes. how how was this internship experience different? So this company, Message.ai, uh, it was really different because it was kind of trying to build a conversational agent. And they were trying to solve a problem, like suppose you have these Facebook messengers, right? And you have uh, different brands who have these Facebook pages and they use these messenger where like person is sitting behind and he is answering to the user queries. So the idea was like, uh, if we can replace that person and there is kind of automated system which can understand the user queries like human being understand and reply to the customers uh, and respond to their queries like as human being do their jobs so basically you have a system which will work like 24 24 by 7 and 365 days and it would be really quick and it will solve your business queries customer queries and there will be like a lot of satisfaction among the users who are using so this was the idea and it was kind of very challenging idea still like this problem is not solved so we tried to kind of build the system using the help of natural language processing deep learning machine learning and i kind of i had a very good experience over there the chief scientist over there was really helpful and we worked together like we were the only two people who were working in this domain so we had really a nice time working on like different kind of problems building knowledge base, entity extraction, classification like of the sentiment classification plus intent classification. So uh, two, three things which wherein I worked was like the intent classification system which I had built and I had built like a, like a food recommendation engine kind of thing like uh, like if you are interested in some kind of food, like what are the other foods like which you may like? Mm -hmm. So yeah, these are the things which I worked on over there. Uh, it, it seems like you also did a lot of uh, personal project, right? I I was just taking a look at your GitHub, you know, and mm -hmm. I was uh, pretty impressed with like two projects in particular. Uh, one is the sentiment analysis engine using chip advisor reviews. And the other one is the um, the real time mapping of geolocation in San Francisco for Uber price search. So c can you like give a brief description for each of these projects? You know, uh, why what did you come up with these ideas? Uh, what sort of technologies that you used to build them, and how how your results how did your results turn out? 
yeah so it was basically uh, class projects i think like uh, so sentiment classification system i think it was like kind of amazon reviews uh, so the data used was of amazon reviews and basically you have to classify into like different uh, whether it's a positive or negative so there are two types of problem in this one is like you just specify like uh, positive negative and there are like some reviews which are kind of based on stars you know like people just rate on one to five and based on like those stars also you have to classify whether the sentiment is positive or so this was like this problem was solved like using nlp uh, natural language processing and plus applying bit of machine learning and then moving on to deep learning and it was kind of like the results which i got was really good for this problem which we were trying to solve and uh, if i correctly remember like it was kind of more than 93% accurate like this is so basically like first approach which i used to try was like based on like try try first like my aim is always is to try the simple idea simple concepts and see how is the result and so basically you have a baseline and you try to improve over that baseline so basically i tried simple concepts like bag of words then logistic classifier and all and results were not bad it were kind of like in the range of 75 to 80% accuracy and then i tried to move towards like building a neural network system and so there is one challenge in neural network system is you should have good enough data so when i tried with like really small amount of data initially which were like maybe 1000 reviews or less than that maybe i don't remember exactly and my results were kind of really poor uh, on that data set using neural network and i was kind of surprised like neural network is supposed to give me a better result than the logistic classifier and then i like uh, tried to get a bigger size of data set and i trained my network like change different layers different configuration hyperparameter optimizations i did and then the result which i got was really satisfactory for me yeah yeah that's that always like a, a good idea right like you, you start out with like the yeah. simple models and you yes. closely sort of like um, improve it by utilizing some yes. more complicated stuff yep yeah because you you know you will see like these days everyone try like tries to use neural network everywhere mm -hmm. but many times you will see like this small simple machine learning algorithm like logistic regression and all random forest they really give better results like if you, they give you really nice results so basically first you should try to leverage those algorithm build up a baseline and then try to improve over that baseline yeah for sure uh, can can you go over the other project the one on um, the uber price search yeah so that was a really interesting project and it was kind of a data engineering project which i built it into kind of like data engineering plus machine learning project uber taxi which you use like they have this price search mechanism and at different days and different time like you will have a different price mechanism system and 
your price really varies from time to time. So basically, what I was doing is for the San Francisco region, I was trying to see, study this price surge behavior, like how it is changing over there from time to time and on different days. So basically, I tried to build a system with I was connecting to these Uber APIs which are available and through that you can get all these information. So, and basically because there are so many taxis floating around in San Francisco city, so you have to build a kind of very scalable and system and plus architecture which is which has really high throughput. So I had to explore like Spark and then there is Kafka. These are really high throughput system which I had used in my architecture. And then I had to all these feeds which were coming from like Kafka to Spark, I had to feed it into the database. And the database I used was uh, HBase, I think, if I correctly remember it. So yeah, so I built a pipeline wherein through Uber API, like you can call the Uber APIs and get all the information, process it through the, publish it to the queue and then queue will consume those messages and then there are different, some business logic which will process through the Spark and all and then everything was feeded into the database. And then I had this reporting mechanism. Once like all the data is there in the database wherein like at different time like what is the price surge in different reasons you can like plot different graphs and study like how the price surge is changing so what my analysis was like on different holidays like thanksgiving christmas and all like you will see like the price surge is drastically high in comparison to other days plus if you see like uh, price surge like when the in the morning is really high Plus in the evening when like most of the office people, they are going back home. So, I mean, you can do a lot of interesting analysis based on the data, which is there. And I did some kind of analysis. Then you can also like kind of predict like, okay, on this day, like how much price and at this time, how much price surge will be there. So basically you can build a machine learning model around it and kind of build a prediction system, which can like predict the price of a Uber taxi uh, and Uber has different kind of taxis so you also have to study like the pricing mechanism of different taxis or different services which they provide. Right, I see. So, so this is a yeah. very, I suppose, a very uh, comprehensive project, right? Because so you do it end-to-end, -end, you starting out yes. with like data engineering and then you move all the way out towards uh, uh, model prediction, I mean building models to, to predict the results. I'm just kind of curious, like which which uh, part that you prefer more, like doing data engineering or doing sort of the machine learning stuff. I prefer like data science, like machine learning and deep learning more than uh, uh, building a data engineering system. But like, but you need to understand data engineering because it's a it plays a really important role in production system. Right. <coughs> Because all these system ultimately they have to go into the production. So you have to have like really kind of scalable high throughput architecture. 
and it has to support like the end user so until and unless you understand like end to end application i think like you will be missing something so it's always good to have knowledge of different components in your system so data engineering plays a really important role and most of the data scientists like they spend a lot of time in just curating and cleaning the data right so once you go into like large organization where different like multiple data source system like data feeds can come from like different kind of system so you need to understand like okay how these data will be processed how it will be clean and then finally after that like you will do all different analysis so for me like i feel it's really important to understand different parts different technologies which are there in the system but ultimately i love like what i do that which is data science kind of stuff like building prediction system more working on the neural network identifying the pattern like uh, which is hidden in the data so this is what i love to do right just just kind of going back to that part about data engineering um for the people who like want to learn more about you know the different technologies for or data engineering uh, what what um, resources are like you know technologies could you recommend people to learn so i would recommend them to learn more about like spark kafka and these database like which are hbase mongodb and all so like these are the tools like which we use which i use like uh to be precise and what i would say is like at least understand the basic technologies have a little bit hands on on using all these tools because later on in your life they may turn out to be really very useful to you like suppose if you are stuck somewhere where there is no data engineer you have to do everything on your own so it's always good to be hands on and know about these technologies and leverage it whenever you require it Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're like a data scientist for like an early stage startup, you know, when you don't have a lot of data, you yes. have to kind of like yes. doing everything yeah. from like gathering yeah. uh, data from different requirements until yeah. all the way to the end product. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's like a game of data. Like if you don't have data, you can't build a really a application which would be really good. so the first thing is like data and you need to know like how the data is coming how data will be processed <coughs> and after that like you will work on the algorithm side so if you don't have anyone in your team who can do all these things then you have to take that challenge and solve these problem so good to know like about these technologies definitely Um, so after you finish your master uh, degree in data science at Galvanize, um, mm-hmm. how how was your job search process like, and what did you choose to work at NVIDIA? So my life at Galvanize was really interesting. Like from morning to evening, we used to attend different classes, do labs, solve different kind of problems, and evening like attend different kind of meetups. So since Galvanize had a lot of startups within the campus. so we used to have like lot of meetups and all wherein like some speaker used to there used to be there he spoke about 
different technologies in machine learning, the type of problem they used to solve. So I kind of had a very good networking system in the Bay Area. And like I also used to attend a lot of uh, meetups at Stanford or in Palo Alto, Mountain View. So basically I used to attend all these events and this really helped me in knowing about like what is the expectation from different companies. I got to introduce like different people in different companies and what different problems they are trying to solve and plus what is the expectation uh, uh, of these people from data scientists. So once there was when I was at Stanford and then there is the CEO of NVIDIA, he was trying to tell like how NVIDIA is changing and what different kind of problems like NVIDIA is trying to solve in AI space. And I was really kind of impressed with his talk. And uh, I like I wished at that time, like if I can get a job at NVIDIA and work on really cool problems. So uh, after my graduation, like I applied for one of the jobs at NVIDIA. And Probably, I think, no, uh, there was some HR who really contacted me at LinkedIn and she like talked to me and said like, okay, we, are, we have this opening and would you be really interested? And then I forwarded my resume to her and the hiring manager called me back and then we had some initial telephonic rounds and then on-site and I think everything went well and then they finally they gave me off a letter. Great, yeah, congratulations on that. Thank um, you. So, uh, what is what is your most critical piece of advice uh, for people who are preparing for like a machine learning or deep learning interview? I would say you should make your basics very clear. Also, try to have a good knowledge of maths and statistics. So, I would say like it is not necessary, but it's good if you know because lot of algorithms are like based on these concepts so it's always good to know about those concepts and i would say like all these machine learning algorithms which are there for some of them you should try to build it on your own and see like how your algorithm is doing in comparison to like some other libraries you can take any library like scikit or tensorflow or keras and compare the performance between the two and then you will really learn okay like these are the parts which you are missing where your algorithm or like you have made some mistake so basically you can compare and this really helps you to learn a lot and also i would say apart from studying all these things like try to attend different kind of events you will hear, hear like a lot of views like uh, valley is full of incredible people and there is a lot of knowledge like which you can get by meeting others so try to leverage that if you are in bay area and meet different kind of people see what kind of problem they are solving and what are the problems where you are interested in which you want to solve and network with those people try to chase those companies where you are interested and if you have worked really hard and if luck is by your side, then I think you will get through. Yeah, that definitely those are very 
um, very helpful advice, you know. Well, the first one, like what you mentioned, you know, essentially like try to uh, implement those algorithms from scratch, right? So you yes. actually understand, you know, lie by lie how how the code works. And I suppose, yes. you know, in the interview, they're probably going to ask you like, you know, how do you impl implement Kinearis neighbor, for example, right? Yes. Yeah, like, stuff like that. You can be asked like, suppose build a two-layer neural network, like, mm -hmm. okay, or maybe... <clears throat> like tell me mass behind back propagation right so you never know it depends from person to person and company to company like some people who are really technical they will expect you to have a clear understanding of the maths behind it you should be able to precisely write the algorithm but while in some companies like if you have just a good enough knowledge about okay how it works at a high level then you are good to go so it depends from company to company, team to team. But I would say like if you have a knowledge from scratch, like building algorithm, then that really helps when you are solving a practical problem. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's talk about your current work. Uh, what are some of the really cool projects that you've been working on at NVIDIA? So at NVIDIA, I work at a, in an automotive unit. And so, but we are not trying to build the autonomous cars, but we are trying to build kind of semi-autonomous cars, wherein we try to provide like intelligent uh, driver assistance system. And this is kind of like a co-pilot, like which assists the drivers <coughs> in driving better. So we are trying to build kind of driver monitoring system, which will like continuously track where you are looking and also the surrounding of the cars. And if there is like any distraction or if the driver is drowsy, then the system will alert the driver that, okay, you are a bit distracted. You need to concentrate on your driving. And so this is what we are trying to build. And, we do like a lot of face detection, head pose detection, and gaze detection. Mm. So these are something which are, we are trying to build. And then there is something which we are trying to build or like kind of based on your lip movement, we can detect what a person is using. So basically I have a kind of intelligent agent within the car, uh, which like looking at your lips like it can interpret what you are speaking and basically take those actions you know i would say like we have the hardware system uh, like uh, wherein all these algorithms will run so basically we are trying to provide on the hardware we are trying to build the software component and basically try to build an ecosystem which can uh, along with the hardware like build an ecosystem with the software system sure uh, i mean how, how would you like sort of describe the company culture at nvidia nvidia has a very open culture and it kind of provides you an ecosystem wherein you can try to solve different kind of challenging problems and you should be like uh, not be afraid of failures so basically, we try a lot of different things, we fail, we learn from it, and then we move forward. So basically, it's a very good company wherein like, if you want to take challenges, learn different things, and 
behind the and the failures which you face you learn from those failures and build something like which is really great a great product and so you you have worked on both like sort of computer vision as well as natural language processing so uh, which which would you prefer you know i personally i like uh, computer vision solving computer vision problems but basically i really like uh, working on a mix of like computer vision plus speech and natural language so there are a lot of problems which involves like both the things wherein you are trying to solve computer vision plus speech also like in the case of <clears throat> lip reading like you are also doing computer vision and you are also doing natural language processing right so i am like very much interested in building such kind of a uh, system which have the intersection of both like natural language and computer vision yeah that, that must be like very fulfilling work as you yeah touch everything right um yes but there are a lot of problems wherein i work on it is just mainly based on the computer vision there is no natural language and mainly i have worked on like for last one or two years like it's mainly on computer vision and less on the natural language side I see. Yeah, I'm actually taking a, taking a course on like computer vision at the moment, and I'm mm-hmm. um, probably gonna do like a class project on it. So hopefully, I, I can do something interesting. You know, there are a lot of interesting computer vision problems which you can try to solve. You have object detection, classification. You can have scene understanding. If you are interested in like learning reinforcement learning and all, then mm-hmm. you would have seen the. recent open ai dota competition like yeah, you can yeah yeah you can try to build those agents which can play games and all using reinforcement learning mm-hmm. so yeah there are like the problems are used like i would say like try to select a problem which is kind of unique and go for it like try it out try it from build an application from end to end like from getting the data set processing cleaning and then training the network evaluating the results trying different kind of experiments hyper tuning of tuning the hyper parameters and see how the results are changing so basically this is what like when you do different kind of experiment then you will really learn a lot like which are the factors which affects your model and once you come into like production environment you will understand like uh <coughs> there are different things apart from the accuracy which is of concern to the company like your model sometimes like its inference speed should be really high your model may have a very good accuracy but if the inference speed is low then it may not be worth using it then somewhere you have to make some compromise between the accuracy and the inference speed and see how much hit you can take on the accuracy side so that you get a better inference speed so these are all like the practical challenges which you face like when you build a real product right see yeah definitely i i'll take that into account uh so how do you see the future of deep learning application in the next 5 years i would say like the future is great like for the data science field and uh ai machine learning and deep learning we have just started i feel 
and there are so many low hanging fruits wherein like we can apply these technologies and get better result so <clears throat> what i feel is like these technologies ai will affect like different business and it will be like across different levels within a company so basically we have just started seeing the growth the use of this technology and the main challenge is like adopting these technologies and building the product out of it and slowly we'll we'll see like how the companies are gradually improving in adopting these technology technologies and building a product around it so i think we have a good enough time wherein like we will try building the products which are aided with all these technologies and get getting it used in production systems mm-hmm. right now like there are these big companies you know like google facebook microsoft <clears throat> who have like enjoyed the benefit of ai but there are a lot of like uh, companies like middle stage companies or startups or different businesses you know you can apply these technologies in logistic transportation e-commerce in like any business you can think of so and lot of these business they they are not aware or like they don't have enough people who know these technologies so basically like, i think like there is a long time where an industry will get matured and start using this technologies and build a product which would be really getting used by different users Okay, so um, now it's towards the end of our call, and I want to uh, close uh, our chat with um, a closing segment of um, three questions, uh, which is going to be quick fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, first question is, what are some of the companies which are doing exceptional data science work that you admire? I admire the work of Google Brain, Facebook Research, OpenAI, Salesforce Research, and of course NVIDIA. Mm-hmm, absolutely. The second question, what is one book that you would recommend for people who want to develop a better analytical mindset? I'm not sure about this because I have myself not read uh, like in my recent times where wherein like I, I actually I'm not a good person to recommend about a book which will help you in developing an analytical mind. There doesn't have to be a book, maybe like a blog or any website that you read a lot. Do you have any? So I basically I my main source of knowledge is like uh, the Twitter followers and the AI mm-hmm. research community which is there. I basically like read most of the stuffs which are tweeted by those guys or written by those guys. And when I was studying, like my main source of inspiration was Andre Karpathy's blogs, mm-hmm. and then there were like lectures uh, by Andre Karpathy. which were like posted on youtube plus there are different blogs like of the convex and you have like different blogs from google research you have like different uh, blogs from nvidia research team which is coming then facebook research team which is coming and i go through like i read lot of papers actually so my source main source of knowledge is uh, uh, <clears throat> all these papers so arsif sanity like which is uh, i think there is one uh, website which is curated by andre karpathy and basically like you can find out similar kind of uh, papers or the papers which are really trending mm-hmm. so 
I basically uh, go to that website, search about different papers and look out and read all those papers. So basically the blogs and all these papers are my main source of knowledge. I see. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And the last question of our interview, imagine that you can send out a tweet of 140 character to all the aspiring data scientists on Twitter. What would you tweet? I would say like keep on working hard, learn the basics and then try to solve like different unique problems which are there, do like multiple experiments and learn like uh, from, there is always a learning behind every experiment you do and try to do multiple experiments and see how the results are changing, evaluate your model and learn if you when you tune different parameters how it is going to affect your model so basically like each failure will teach you kind of something and try to learn from those failures and build on that mm, that's a fantastic fantastic way to close our conversation well uh, deep thanks a lot for you know uh, our chat today and i was really impressed with uh, your experience you know some of the you know, live decision that you made coming from india to the us and building a lot of work uh, and your passion for deep learning machine learning and i hope that you know you continue doing more great work contribute to the computer vision and uh, ai community uh, while working at nvidia thank you so much james it was nice talking to you and thank you again for providing me this opportunity to talk to you well that's the wrap for another episode of Datacast. Hopefully, you have learned something insightful and interesting from my guest today. You can read the show notes from the podcast website at datacast.simplecast.fm. If you want to get instant updates when a new episode is released, either follow me on Twitter or subscribe to my newsletter on my website, jameskelly.com. It is my greatest pleasure that you listen to this podcast and take advantage of the data revolution coming upon us. Goodbye for now.